one of the many talents of Vincent Price, who gets the star treatment here on this week's podcast. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we are from madwolf.com. And uh, we're back in the studio where last time we talked, last time we spoke, we were live in front of that great Gateway Film Center crowd for Fright Club Live. And we had... We had a ball because no one had seen the movie. I was so excited. This is the first time for us that that we picked a movie that the entire crowd they they were un you know unprepared for. They hadn't seen, and I think everybody liked it. Not one person said we were freaks for showing it. <laughs> um, nobody left. Everybody liked it. Yeah, it was good, and we got a lot of good T-shirts too. We, we had, did. We That's put the right. call out for horror movie T-shirts, and we saw some good ones. So. Uh, we thank for, thank you for all the feedback for that, especially from Dave was happy to see children shouldn't play with dead things on there, right? Dark Dave, yeah, and um, that wasn't. It wasn't on there, actually. So he wasn't the only one. Tom also. So our list was uh, best horror movies about making horror movies, and both Dave and Tom suggested children shouldn't play with dead things, which is a terrible movie, which we pointed out, and it didn't matter. D-Zach watched it anyway, and he regretted it because you should always do what we say. <laughs> We've mentioned that uh, that's not a good movie many times, but it holds <laughs> like a special a place for so many people. And you too, sort of. Well, it's a there's a place. I don't know if it's special, <laughs> but there's a place. But yeah, and speaking of Dave, he's our special guest, and, and we'll get to him in just a couple of seconds. He's our uh, our special co-host for this week's podcast. We've been trying to work this out for a while. We finally have, so we appreciate that. But you know what we got to do? We didn't really plan on talking about this, but since we just saw this movie last night and we loved it, we got to give a, some props to a brand new horror movie out. It's it's kind of had limited release in the last couple of weeks. It's coming out. It's coming out here in Columbus, Ohio this week. So I don't know where, you know, depending on where you are, where you might be able to see the movie. But if you get a chance, it's called The Girl with All the Gifts, and we loved it. We did love it. So Glenn Close is one of the stars. She's the main antagonist. And I think right there, when six-time Oscar nominee Glenn Close decides a zombie movie is what she wants to do next, you should all pay attention. And that's the cool thing, because zombies have been done to death. Uh-huh. Ring the bell. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, but they, they find a, a kind of a new wrinkle especially with a bit of a twist ending, which we won't even begin to give away because then we should be punched in the face. But just just see it. It's it's a new kind of a twist on the zombie movie with some nice social commentary that's really well done, well written. The girl with the gifts, uh, I forget her, her name. She's about, what did you say, she's about 10 years old? Yeah, 10 she's fantastic. So good, so good. So anyway, that's our plug for uh, The Girl With All The Gifts. And if you want to check out Hope's written review for that, just check out our website uh, at madwolf.com. All right, moving on. We've got, uh, well, we do have the next date for the next Fright Club Live, and that's going to be Wednesday, March 8th. We're going to show Stitches, right? Yes. And we're going to talk about homages, loving homages in the horror genre. Yeah, we are. So it's going to be March 8th, so we wanted to get a little Irish with it. Um, And, of course, last year we did our Irish our best Irish horror film podcast. So we picked one from that list because everybody loves a creepy clown except Steve Perez. 
Um, and so Stitches is lighter fare for us. It's it's a horror comedy. It's very funny. It's very Irish. Uh, and uh, and it kind of sends up lovingly the slasher genre. So we're looking at other movies that, you know, you know, kind of a wink and a nod. They employ the same tropes that they sort of poke fun at, but do it in a really good way. And we have to take a little break from the really serious earning a merit badge type of film <laughs> to watch because you got to have a little lighthearted in the in the horror fright club live because people will just it will just it'll just get too punishing after a while. Yeah. All right. So uh, we look forward to that. Join us if you can. March eighth, Gateway Film Center, Columbus, Ohio. All right. The main topic this week: the guy who was rapping. That's it's right. Vincent Price. And this is the topic we're going to talk about with uh, one of our favorites. If you follow us on Twitter, and if you don't, why not? We're at <laughs> Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F. You see us corresponding a lot with Phantom Dark Dave. And welcome. He's our special guest. Welcome, Phantom Dark Dave. How's it going, guys? We're great. Now, you're from, are you in Texas? I am, yeah, the DFW. Ah, the Dallas Fort Worth. See, I'm hip, yeah, the, the I'm hip to the lingo. Place. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. I know we've been working on this for a while, trying to work out not only a time, but a subject, a topic. So is is this Vincent Price always one of your favorites? Yeah, Vincent Price is probably my second favorite actor. And uh, if I had had the choice, I would have loved to have done like the silent film, but you guys had already knocked it out. And then it would have been black and white, and then you guys knocked it out. So, uh, <laughs> you know, thir- third place is a perfect, perfect Vincent Price. Well, so. it's funny you mention that because those two, uh, not only were they a lot of fun to do, but they were really got great feedback uh, of, of fans of that specific niche in the genre the black and white and the silent films yeah, oh, yeah and it was, they, were, they were tons of fun and it's and it's funny because uh uh the you know the first time that you corresponded with us i think was because you had listened to the the silent one and and it's interesting because uh i assumed that you were old <laughs> i thought oh, okay <laughs> it's an why. elderly yeah. man and then but you're not at all so that's kind of funny but we did let you pick the topic which is uncommon for us and by us i mean me but um, it's a great topic, and I think a lot of people are going to be excited about it. Yeah, so we've yeah, got definitely we've got um, our list, and then you've got your list, and they they have some overlap. But we'll let you uh, let you start out with some of your films that didn't make our list. But first, just some little random facts about Vincent Price that you may or may not know. He has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's got one for movies and one for TV. Mm. And uh, he, as we said before, he not only was an actor and a rapper. <laughs> but uh, he was an avid art collector. He has a de- he had a degree in art history, uh, a gourmet cook, a very well-rounded guy. And I, I remember watching him mainly on talk shows when I was a kid, and I always just assumed he was British. Even though he didn't have a British accent, <laughs> he just had that way about him. And he's so often, you know, he's on the Mike Douglas show and he's got an ascot on or something like that. And, you know, little six-year-old me is going, I think this guy's British. I don't know why. <laughs> But uh, he just seemed, you know, he had that air about him, you know. And he was 6'4", 6'5", something like that. Very imposing figure. Uh, but it had a kind of a gentleness about him, too, at least when he was on a talk show, not in the, in the horror movies. But uh, certainly carved out his, his main... He didn't only do horror movies, especially early on in his career. But once he got to them, that was really his claim to fame. So, uh, And, it, you know, he only had one in his entire career. He only had one award nomination in 1987 it was for the whales of august it was with uh, betty davis and lillian gish and he was nominated for um an independent independent spirit award for best supporting actor nice yeah 
So I got a little toward the end of his career there. I got a little bit of a uh, little bit of due recognition, and uh, so just some fun facts about Vincent Price to ease into the conversation. But we've got some of our favorites, Phantom Dark Dave. From by the way, I didn't mention from Dungeon Radio. That's that's your new gig, right? You just got that gig. Yeah, literally, I just signed on with them last week. And you're going to be doing what? Po- different podcasts or what? Um, I was talking to one of the uh, station managers, James, over there, and um, he really liked a lot of the podcasting that I had done. And we got to talking, and several hours had passed. And then he's like, "You should just come on the show." And I was like, "Okay, cool. What do you want to do?" And he's like, "You write it." And so I wrote up with this gig called the Classic Horror Hotel, where I'm going to talk nothing, uh, talk nothing except for classic horror films. All right. Well, congrats on that. That sounds that Thank sounds you. fantastic. So you got that, and you've got your B Movie Bros uh, podcast that you do, and we'll let you get uh, plug those a little bit more uh, later on the podcast. But let's get to it. We got content to get to and movies to talk about. So where are we starting? We're starting with uh, Dark Dave's list, right? Yeah. So Dark Dave's five, four, and three are not on our list. Uh, so we'll start there, Dave. What is your number five favorite Benson Price film? Number five, The Pit and the Pendulum. It's a good one. I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan, so it's no surprise that some of those movies will uh, be on my list. But uh, Vincent Price, the way he carries himself in this movie, uh, you forget that he's actually being directed because it looks like he's telling the camera where to go. The movie follows him perfectly. You are a big uh, Edgar Allan Poe fan, right? Do you have you have just tattoos aplenty, all Poe related? Yeah, I mean, I have many more, but there was at least um, ten or eleven different Poe tattoos. You know, after you get like twenty or thirty, they all start to blend. <laughs> well, I have one, so <laughs> I'm stopping there because the last one I got, it took three hours, and I probably cried like a baby. So <laughs> it was covered. I had a small one from like 25 years ago, and a friend of mine was a tattoo artist. Said, "Oh, I can cover that up real nice." And since my name is Wolf, put a nice big wolf head on the back, and man, did it hurt! <laughs> so I'm done. So I pr- props to you. <laughs> Yeah, it helps when you know a tattoo artist, though, doesn't it? It does. So, But let's talk a little bit more about what made Pit and the Pendulum stick out as uh, as the number five best. Well, you know, I knew going into this what my top few were, and I really had to figure out what was going to make the cut and what was getting pushed aside. And I had a few in mind, but the some, something about the Pit and the Pendulum where Vincent Price plays um, Nicholas, who is the son of a Spanish... Um, Inquisitor from the Spanish Inquisition, right. And uh, Vincent Price is so charming and can easily be so sinister all in the same sentence. And I think I just fell in love with uh, not only his performance of the film, but also the cinematography, the background. And I mean, it's got Barbara Steele, too. You can't go wrong. Exactly. It's funny, um, you know, uh, Roger Corman and, and Vince Price, of course, made, God, they made five or six Poe movies. The Pit and the Pendulum is, I think, one of the more. The closer to being a true horror film, because so many, I mean, so much of what they did was almost very Hammer inspired, you know, these lush sets and these, you know, beautiful buxom women. But I think that Price is more um, villainous in Pit and the Pendulum than he is in a lot of the other post stuff. But yeah, Barbara Steele, just her presence screams horror movie. You're like, oh, this is this is clearly a horror movie because everything else you ever see her in is. And she's just she cut such a fantastic presence in any movie. And I think she brings a ton to this film. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So what's your number four then? Coming in number four, another uh, Poe-based film, Tales of Terror. 
so this one, also going back to Vincent Price's performance, he gets to play three different characters. So you see Vincent Price take on three completely different roles and play them flawlessly in this film. And, um, you know, it takes place with three films. It's got Morella, The Black Cat, and The Case of M. Valdemar. And The Black Cat is by far my favorite Edgar Allan Poe story of all time. And there isn't many Black Cat films out there. And so getting to see Vincent Price mix in with Peter Lorre on The Black Cat just sealed the deal. It is kind of funny because the other films based on the Black Cat have almost usually nothing to do with the poster, especially the, uh, you know, the, the Bella Lugosi, the Black Cat, which has literally nothing whatsoever to do with the Poe story. So it's always funny. I do think it's funny. I mean, even there, there are some Vincent Price movies where they just stick a Poe title on, even though it doesn't really have any bearing. But and I don't and I've said this before on, on this podcast, I don't really love anthology films in particular, but um but that one, I think, works better than most do. It is, and they're they're fun. I mean, in their own kind of dark way. So much of what he did reads today as campy, and I think that you can see that, especially as his career progressed. Things, you know, after after uh, Witchfinder General, most of what he did was borderline to overt comedy. But uh, and I think that's because when you look back, there's something so hammy about so much of the filmmaking from you know the the prime of his career, and I think you see that maybe because these are so short, but you really see that in these movies. The other thing too is um, in the Black Cat story, they also mix the cask of Amontillado, which I thought was so well done. That's my favorite. That's my favorite post story. Yeah, it's a good one. Let's jump over to three. I flirted with having uh, this one in our (laughs) list, but this is one that to me winds up. As a bit too campy, but you li- you have it on number three. What is it? Number three, House of Wax. Uh, you know, it was one of his earlier films in 1953 before he started doing the Poe stuff. It just really took a hold of me, reminded me of some of the older Twilight Zone episodes where they did some of the, the wax figures in the museum. Um, the way he played it, he was so suave. He was like a bad guy, James Bond pretty boy in front of your eyes you know um people saw him they 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 liked him they didn't think he could be a bad guy in any shape way or form and you know he he has this museum um with a partner that they own his partner wants him to do something different with the museum he disagrees so they decide to burn down the museum the partner does and he thinks he leaves vincent price inside you know about a year and a half later vincent price he shows back up and he's got his own museum, but his figures look a little too lifelike. And I just, I got overwhelmed by the, what they did with that. Plus Charles Bronson. Yeah. I did, you know, the first time I saw it, I didn't even recognize him. And, um, you know, I was watching the credits cause you know, I have that kind of time. And, uh, I remember seeing that. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Death <laughs> Wish was in this. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, Morticia Adams as well. Carolyn Jones. She's also in it. And here's a funny thing. So uh, all told, Ninja Price made 101 films. But he really made about eight that they just kept recycling. How many Vincent Price movies does this describe? You think he's dead. He's not dead. He comes back in a disfigured form and he exacts bizarre revenge upon those that slighted him in life. That's like 19 different Vincent Price movies. But but House of Wax was the first time they did it. And it is, you know, the, the wax figures are, that's always creepy. But there are so many weird things about that movie. I don't, I mean, if you remember, there's this insanely lengthy can-can dance. And I just remember watching it going, why are we still watching these terrible, terrible dancers? I can't, I can't get past it. And then the, the final scene where all of the police are together and they're explaining the mystery. And and it's, it's like so, it's almost like a Keystone cop comedy at that point. I, I mean, I do really enjoy this movie. I think it's a great movie, but I think that there are some, 
of the oddest elements to it. Enjoyably odd, but still, I look back and think, did anybody think this was weird when it came out in the first place? No kidding, but as long as we can all agree that it was better than the remake. Yeah, uh, I think we can, yeah. Oh, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that the one with Paris Hilton? Yes. Oh, man. Unfortunately. Ooh, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. All right, so those are your five, four, and three, and your your top two are in our list, so... So we'll include those here in a second. But as a Poe aficionado, I have to ask you, uh, what did, did you think of the Simpsons' take on the Raven? <laughs> uh, Homer Simpson did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, our number five is actually your number two, and that is from 1964. A European prince terrorizes the local peasantry while using his castle as a refuge against the Red Death Plague that stalks the land Mask of the Red Death. I want to help save your soul so you can join me in the glories of hell. No! Never! Each man creates his own heaven, his own hell. Let me see your face. This is one, this is a a Poe, you know, story that would have been hard to really... Um, articulate on screen. I mean, the story is really colorful, with your, but it but it doesn't make a great deal of sense. It's almost surreal the way you move from one room to the next. And and I actually really admire the way. Um, like this is another Roger Corman. Um, I really admire the way the film is is set up. Uh, it gets away from certain elements of the story, but it still uses them. Right, like each room is a color and everything. But I mean, it 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 it. Um, fleshes out a narrative that's uh, a little bit more... There's a weird perversity to the narrative that they offer. And and as you find out, Vincent Price's character is actually a minion of Satan. And you're like, what? Is that... Can he just be like a bad prince? But he's not. And it makes it all the more sort of unseemly what his plans are. And then also the way the comeuppance happens is, I think, even more interesting. But I think the, the greatest thing about this, besides... Vincent Price is very, you know, sort of characteristically sinister, bemused performance is the use of color in this movie is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I um, A lot of this movie stayed with me because, um, like you said, the use of colors, but especially the use of red. Huh, wonder why. But um, <laughs> so, some of the still shots were made some excellent posters. And, yeah, like you said, that the original post story, being as short as it was, um, it would be very hard to kind of make a, a full-length feature out of it. So they amazingly adapted two post stories uh, in this movie, which was, you know, The Mask of the Red Death and then um, Hop Frog, which is, you know, the whole sequence with the uh, little entertainer guy yeah. in the little triangle. And that was done so well. <laughs> and this one co-stars Jane Asher, mm-hmm. who was longtime girlfriend of Paul McCartney, and apparently he dropped by the set a few times, and Roger Corman had no idea who he was. Right. It's famously, famously, Roger Corman was trying to date her and having no idea that she was dating Paul McCartney or who Paul McCartney was, which is just amazing. So number five on our list, number two on Phantom Dark Dave's list from 1964, Mask of the Red Death. And that moves up to our number four. And this one didn't make, hmm, didn't make Dave's list from 1959. A millionaire offers $10,000 to five people who agree to be locked in a large, spooky, rented house overnight with him and his wife. And it's the house on Haunted Hill. I'm Vincent Price, and you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, 
where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? Don't try to escape, you can't. The ghosts are waiting, so won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? And this one at the time was a big hit. In fact, it made so much money that uh, Alfred Hitchcock took note, and, I, and legend has it, led him down the road to making Psycho, because this one made such money at the box office. Well, then, right there is reason enough to be happy that this movie was ever made. So, uh, Professor Price made two movies with William Castle, right? Famous, infamous even, Schlockmeister, William Castle, this and Tingler. And I went back and forth as to which one was going to make this list, because both of them are really... Um, groundbreaking, iconic films, although neither of them technically are good movies. But I went with House on Haunted Hill because um, it, it, you know, it kind of created uh, a, an archetype that you know even the Flintstones exploited. You know, and it's it 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 kind of had Uncle Giggles. <laughs> it kind of had fun with this concept of being unable to leave a, a haunted house. The story itself is. Um, stupid um but vincent price's character is so great when he's just you know off first of all when it opens these disembodied heads come floating at you and they don't even talk you just see like this face come at you while a voiceover tells you why the face is coming at you which is hilarious and bizarre but Vincent Price's character is so great. You know, he he's jealous of his wife. You think he wants to kill his wife. You know his wife wants to kill him. You know that this is somehow like the underlying tension of this entire bizarre party idea. And every time he talks about his wife, you know, he says, she's so amusing. And he's just, I, you know, I love, there is so much contempt in everything he says in this movie. And, and it's funny, too, because every guest assumes that he's the killer. And yet... They all, like, check in with him before they make a decision or whatever. And, yeah, I'll check upstairs. You check downstairs. Well, you think he's the killer. Why would you let him check downstairs? It's just, it's the most bizarre, ridiculous, contrived movie, but it's so much fun to watch. Dave, have you seen the Flintstones Uncle Giggles episode? I can't think of it at the moment, so I don't know if I have. <laughs> well, George it, is gonna, just going to pepper you with cartoon questions. <laughs> I could do a podcast <laughs> just on the Flintstones. No. <laughs> It's awesome. It's an. It's not, an, but it does. It, it very much centers on that staying all night in a haunted house. But anyway, this one didn't make your list. Not you're not really fond of this one. I I do like this movie. Uh, it is silly. Um, but what it boiled down to is, you know, with Vincent Price, you, you could take any five movies and be like, this is his top five, and I'm like, job well done. I love all these movies. <laughs> but, you know, I gotta say, when we talked about having this as an idea, I was so excited, and then I hated myself for days because I was stressing myself out every day, switching around my numbers, crossing movies out. <laughs> putting them back in and you brought up the tingler that's another one that i really concentrated at possibly putting in at number five and then it became between tingler and house on haunted hill and then sure enough house of wax just kicked them both out so that's kind of what happened it's a good movie it's enjoyable it's fun like you said but it just didn't make my personal top five yeah it's funny the other one that i went back and forth on uh, and we almost had fuzzy math uh, number six because i kind of wanted to include uh last man on earth it's such a weird movie that like the performances are so stilted and bizarre and uh <laughs> And and but I mean of of the of the three different versions of that particular story, right? Um, Omega Man and and oh. I am Legend. I am Legend. Thank you. This is my favorite one, and I love so much about Vincent Price's performance in it, which is so hammy. But but anyway, and that's one of the things about his films is that 
A lot of them are actually not good. They're quite hammy is the word I just keep using, but they're hard not to love. I feel like when he's on screen, you're, you're so focused on on him instead of what's going on in the movie. It's like, what else is he going to do? What else is he going to say next? And um, call it, you know, campy or, or hammy or, or whatever it is, but it's it's hypnotizing sometimes. And, you know, I can't believe when we were talking about cartoons, Hope... Vincent Price was on Scooby-Doo, your favorite. Oh, no, I know. He went <laughs> Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts. No, I totally know that. <laughs> I thought you'd be jumping into that. <laughs> All right, I swear to you, I'm done talking about cartoons. Okay? I promise you. <laughs> At some you. point, do we get into the uh, 1966 Batman TV show? That was kind of cartoonish. Oh, my God, that's right. You're right. Yeah, it certainly was. <laughs> Uh, very. See, I thought that's the uh, the Walk of Fame star for TV shows. It had yeah. to be Batman, right? Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. No, it was very, very cartoonish. Uh, but our number, our number three is actually your number one, and kind of is in line with with what we're talking about here. And it's uh, from 1960. Upon entering his fiance's family mansion, a man discovers a savage family curse and fears that his future brother-in-law has entombed his bride to be in the house of Usher. The house of Usher seems to you then normal. It is only a house. You are very wrong, Mr. Winthrop. The house itself is evil now. No, I... I cannot believe this. For Madeline's sake, you must. Most of all does this evil reside in her. You cannot order my life, Roderick. My life is my own. Is it? The history of the Ushers is a history of savage degradations. And always in this house. Always in this house. Oh yeah, House of Usher. Um, my number one on the list by far. Vincent Price doing his first reenactment of an Edgar Allan Poe story. Um, it's not a long film. It's beautifully shot. And I think he is more sinister than ever in this film. And this one actually a bit of a change for Roger Corman because he got a bigger budget for this and he was allowed to produce his from his uh, studio agreed that he could produce a higher budget movie and in cinemascope and, and in color. And that was this movie. And it's interesting. Um, Price is blonde, almost albino. So it's white. It's like a platinum blonde in this movie, which is such a departure for him. And he doesn't have a mustache. So he's so he cuts that same. He's so tall and lanky and he cuts that same impressive figure, but he still looks almost alien. And I love his performance in this. So so he's he's hypersensitive to any kind of stimulation and he's constantly shrinking every time his sister's fiance, uh, you know, challenges these just bizarre notions that are never clearly explained. Um and for me, there's there's this underlying what is your deal with your sister going on, right? So I don't, which I, which I think is present in in the in the novel as well, Fall of the House of Usher. Um, but in the movie, it's even a little bit more like why, like what? There's this slightly not overt, but I think very apparent incestuous undertone here that I love. And uh, and there's also sort of the body scene where the where the fiance breaks into her bedroom and kisses her in bed and then the brother shows up and then replaces him in the bed. It's all very I mean it's you know it's 1960 so it, it it's still very tame but still I think that there's uh there's something being suggested there that is super creepy. Yeah, I remember when they had this on Netflix um, in HD, and I couldn't believe it because um, I thought Netflix was really awesome for having some of these movies on there. And I watched this one probably three or four times, and then um, 
you know, they pulled them all off and I was like, well, they're, you know, Netflix sucks again, but, um, <laughs> I'm not here to bash Netflix. Just the fact that, you know, you take a Edgar Allan Poe story, you let Richard Matheson come write your screenplay, Roger Corman directs and Vincent Price stars in your movie. You're going to have a number one for me. Yeah. And that's definitely one that, uh, we're both digging because your number one is our number three house of usher from 1960. And the top two, uh, we'll start with one. It's, it's close to our hearts, I guess, because a Shakespearean actor takes poetic revenge on his critics who denied him recognition. 1973, it's Theater of Blood. One by one, the critics themselves were murdered. Can't believe it. His head cut off. They died horribly. Their deaths were so bizarre, so unusual. It was almost as if Edward Lionheart had come back from the grave to create them. Good day, Mr. Devlin. Theater of Blood. This is another one of the Vincent Price films where you think he's dead or the characters think he's dead and he comes back and he has these. So this... Uh, also, Abominable Dr. Fives, which could easily have made this list less somewhere. Of course, House of Wax, there are, there are sequels to some of these where the same thing happens. The reason that I like Theater of Blood, aside from the fact that he kills critics, and of course, we're from critics, and so I just love the whole um, snotty undercurrent there about the, the useless, parasitic nature of performance criticism. I thought that was awesome. I also think that you can really see uh, this how this film plays out in, in later horror. You can, uh, you can absolutely see it in, in the movie Seven and in some of the Saw films. But I think that the reason that I like it the best is that it is in itself a bit of a send-up of Vincent Price's whole career and the the perception that critics always had of Vincent Price, which is that he was sort of this flamboyant over-actor um, who presented himself as being wildly talented. And and I love... I mean, he's a hard guy not to love, right? He was just this, he's just this really fantastic presence. And, and in this movie, the fact that he's sending up his own persona in this same way first of all the movie's very clever in that way but i love vincent price in this film and also diana rigg <laughs> i found it hilarious that this was on your list i'm like oh film critics huh you, you like that <laughs> that doesn't weird yeah. you guys out <laughs> it made us rethink all those bad reviews of rob zombie films with a hmm. oh no <laughs> Did y'all say that just because I was on here? Because I'm a fan of Rob Zombie. Oh, <laughs> actually, I didn't know. Sorry but, about that. I'm sure he's a wonderful uh, man. No, I, I'm with you. There's um, he definitely has his ups and his downs. But yeah, I I agree with you. Um, when I watched this movie, I'd seen it just about two or three times. I remember the first time I saw it. It starts off and it shows kind of like the silent film. And I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I'm watching. And it's like, oh, okay, he was a silent film actor at a time. Okay, cool. And then um, the death scenes are so much more elaborate in this movie than almost anything he did prior. Um, and I, I got that feeling, too, of these are like saw traps in a way. Right, right. <laughs> this is like a pre-saw film. And I also, you know, so he winds up sort of after his, his quote, death, he winds up taking refuge with this just band of... Uh, like London's drunken homeless gutter livers and they're so creepy and then and then they become his theater troupe and they just you know do his bidding along with well, I don't want to give it away even though it's a 55 year old movie but mm. a, another accomplice but I mean the the behavior among the group this little tribe of quote actors is really effectively unseemly and and makes the whole thing unsettling even though it is prime 
predominantly a comedy. Um, not to the degree that Dr. Fibes is, but it is more or less a comedy. But it's very clever, I think. And and given that it, it, it treads familiar water as a lot of Vincent Price movies, I think that um, the screenplay is just a bit smarter and um, Price's performance is just a bit more uh, sort of self-referential that I find very enjoyable. And Theater of Blood, that is our number two second favorite Vincent Price film. And for number one, the movie's so nice they named it twice. From 1968, a young soldier seeks to put an end to the evils caused by a vicious witch hunter. It's called Witchfinder General, also known as the Conqueror Worm. You will each be tied in a prescribed fashion and cast into the moat. Only from the pen of Edgar Allan Poe could come such an horrendous tale of terror. The Conqueror Worm, starring Vincent Price in the most diabolic role of his career. Look for the devil's marks upon him. Get on with your task. Please, leave the children at home. So the Conqueror Worm, that's a, that's a Poe line. And, uh, and they, when they released the film in the United States, they attached that, na- that title to it, hoping that it would draw people who had been fans of Vincent Price's Poe films that he did with Roger Corman. I feel like those people would have hated this movie. Um, it, for, for, as far as I'm concerned, it's the one true horror film Vincent Price ever made. Um, I think he made a lot of very lush, horror-esque dramas that I love. But, I mean, this is a, there's nowhere getting around it. This is a horror film. It's one of the, um, you know, sort of, especially in the, like, between 68 and 73, there were an awful lot of of the witch-burning, you know, witch-torture kind of films. Mark of the Devil is another one came out two years later that I love and actually sometimes confuse the two in my head. Um, and and he plays the self-appointed witch-finder general. So he and his evil cohort they travel from british village to village uh they force the taxpayers there to pay them their salary while they rid their village of basically lovely young women um and uh it's so sinister it's so and it's much more violent um and it has much meaner things to say than anything else vincent price ever made um and uh and it's it's i mean it's 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 definitely flawed it's smart and edgy and ugly and actually, apparently, uh, Vincent Price only got this movie because the American distributor insisted on it. The director wanted Donald Pleasance in the lead role, but uh, I guess they, Vincent Price has more more bank, so uh, they insisted on him. That's interesting because Donald Pleasance, obviously, he, I mean, he's he's another just giant legendary name in horror. But but Vincent Price again because he's so tall. And he's got such an angular face. He does a great job of being sinister and at the same time being very sort of gentlemanly. And it was the perfect combination. It has been the perfect combination throughout his career for a lot of different roles. But for this one in particular where you felt compelled to believe what he was saying. And at the same time, it was clear that he was just a sadistic, horrible man. It's funny how you talked about uh, big fans of kind of the post cycle and how they tried to use this and say it was a Poe film. <laughs> the reason it's not on my list is uh, bash me now, if you will. This the, I haven't seen it. Oh. I, the tra- uh, the um, the trailer just you know two or three minute trailer never can draw me in. It just does not look like it's going to get my attention. Well, I think it is. Um, it, I mean, it can be a tough watch. It certainly doesn't have. It has zero of the the charm and spectacle of the films he did with Roger Corman. Um, or and it doesn't have any of the sort of 
romance, not that they're not that there's like the traditional romance, but it doesn't have any it doesn't have any of the beauty or elegance that you would find in most of his canon. In fact, it has none of those things. It's very raw and really ugly the way a lot of those the that sort of slice of of witch finder type of movies were at that time. Um, very focused on on, you know, you know, injustice and torture and comeuppance. And the comeuppance is always ugly and bloody. And it certainly is in this one uh, leads to insanity all around. Vincent Price takes quite a beating. I don't believe Vincent Price ever took a beating like this in any other film. Um, and, and it is it's a meaner movie, but it's it's really especially for the time. It's really well put together and and uh, and hard to watch, but worth it. Uh, you've never stirred me wrong before. I will definitely have to check it out. All right. Very good. Yeah. Number one on our list for Vincent Price. And chime in. Uh, for what do you think of, you know, our choices, Dave's choices? What are your own? Let us know. Uh, best way to keep the conversation going is on Twitter. We are at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Of course, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook, as well as MadWolf.com, the website. And we talked about, Dave, you're on. You're now on Dungeon Radio and the B-Movie Bros podcast. Where can people hook up with you on social media? Yep. The only uh, social media I really spend my time on is Twitter. You will find me at Phantom Dark Dave or at Phantom Theories. You will see anything I'm doing with Dungeon Radio, uh, the B-Movie Brothers podcast, as well as some of the stuff I'm doing with Dee McCauley. We had a short film, Scars, come out, which has been nominated for an iHorror Award. Congratulations! And, uh, currently... Woo! <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Uh, just to be nominated, it's just world's enough. Um, and then we're already working on the second film. It's actually starting production uh, next month. All right. Well, congratulations. And and if you do follow us on Twitter, you'll see Phantom Dark Dave pop up, Phantom Theories uh, pop up all over the place on our thread, which is always fun. So mark it down. Next Fright Club is the next Fright Club Live, March 8th, Gateway Film Center. We're going to watch the uh, Irish Clown Slasher, the one and only Irish Clown Slasher Stitches, and have a lot of fun. Yeah, Fright Club Live, always a blast, and we hope to see you there. All right, so until then, Phantom Dark Dave, we can't thank you enough for uh, chiming in with your Vincent Price favorites and uh, all your talk about cartoons. I couldn't get you to shut up about the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it was, it was a blast. I know we've been trying to work this out for a while, but uh, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, I, I loved it, guys. Thank you. And until next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. And Dave, I know you know what to say. Stay frightful, my friends. Nice.